How many feel him right now? He's in this place. When we call upon his name, he comes to us. Amen. I love that melody. I don't usually jump in like that, but I couldn't help the anointing. Come Holy Spirit, God moves on. I don't know the words. Man, the Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Come Holy Spirit, try to awaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. See, it's, it's what we're saying that gives life. The Lord is in this place. It's so simple, but it gives life when you call upon the name of the Lord. Because he's in this place. The Lord is in this place. Hey, and it's sometimes you don't have any words. You just sing, Lord. Oh, the Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Whoa, well, now, we're going back little gospel on you guys praise you Jesus thank you Jesus how many are glad to be in the house of God it's okay let's give him a clap let's let him know the wind may be knocking down signs but the wind is what we need because we need a move of God so we want the wind baby we want the wind the spirit of God is God in action when the, when the Spirit of God moved upon the heavens, the wind blew. The Bible calls that the Holy Spirit. It's to describe God in action. When the wind blows, God is moving. Focus, Pastor. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Nick. Give it up from Nick here. We had a couple illnesses today, and he's got to carry it on his own today. He did a great job. Thank you, Nick. He's a pillar in this place. If it's your first time here, we're so glad to have y'all. My name is Pastor Jeff Waltney. We just had our one year, one seat church up in the Lake STL. They go, you're in St. Louis? And we said, no, we're in Lake St. Louis. I said, because we couldn't find you. I said, because we're about 40 minutes west. Okay. Lake St. Louis. Anyway, on your way to your seats this morning, I want you to find seven people and tell them, get out of bounds, man. Get out of bounds. Come on, find seven people. Get out of bounds. Get out of bounds. Get out of bounds. Ew. <laughs> Got to get out of bounds sometimes. It's cool because the room's so big, when people stop talking, it, it just like goes. I was like, it's so quiet. It's so quiet. Enjoy it while you can because it won't be long. It'll be a lot louder in here because God's moving in this community. It's a season. We touched on it in Unify. Unify is our volunteer get-together in the mornings before service. We get together and we talk about why we're doing this. So we remember the mission. Because if you don't remember the mission, it's easy to not remember why we're serving. If you don't know why you're serving, you become complacent and you become flat. And so we always remind ourselves of the mission. And in the Unify, we're talking about how 
When you're driving, you know, you only, I'm going to steal this. Good one, Nick. I'm going to steal your illustration because it was that good. First time. Many times to come, there's an anointing on this boy. Just like the shepherd David, he grew up to be a wise king. And Nick's turning into a man, and he's, he's got a lot of wisdom to share. And he shared something really good this morning, how you can only see, you know, 10, 15 feet in the pouring rain when he was driving last night. The headlights can only see so far. But we want to see all the way down Highway 109 when it's pouring rain. But God says, I'm only going to give you this much. And it tied in perfectly with the message because we're going into talking about what we can't see. The message is about something we can't see. And Jesus always described more importance on the things that we could not physically see versus that which we see. He would do the physical to get their attention to show them the spiritual. But he says, if you can't open your spiritual eyes and ears, you are really not seeing what I'm trying to show you. Like forgive sin, which is greater, that rise up and walk, or, or that I say your sins be forgiven. They didn't get it. But that which you cannot see is where the greater miracles are, the greater moves of God are, and where the greatest faithfulness is in that which you can't see. But just to recap my weekend, because I know you all want to know about it. We had a state wrestling tournament yesterday. And it was the last tournament of the season. And my two boys, I talk about it all the time. I'm an open book. My two boys wrestle. We got some jujitsu in the house. So now we've bonded over strangling and pinning people. It's great. I love it. Which one was it that did the... That's right. That's awesome. I've been thinking about that all week. I was going to YouTube some chokeholds just, just to get into it. I was just feeling it, man. So we're in, we're in the state tournament. And there's some kids there that are like wildebeest. They're like not human. They're like the Russian from Rocky IV. He's not human, you know? And uh, there's these kids, and they're like six, man. And they're, they're jacked. And they're like six years old. I'm like, what are you eating? It's not Wheaties, okay? And so my little buddy, he's, he's in his first, both my sons are in their first year competing. One's a year, of the, one's a year ahead of the other as far as wrestling, but they're both first year competing. Well, Colton, it was too soon. He was out, double elimination, two matches, he's out. Caleb, he was hanging in there. He, we almost thought he was going to get a medal. It was so cool. And it's not about winning or losing, but he got in there against this kid, man. And the kid, 33 seconds, pinned him. Boom. And you can just tell this kid was good. This kid had done this before. He wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't the first year. This, something ain't right here. This is supposed to be for first year competitors. This kid was a prodigy. Well, long story short, he was great. And he, he took Caleb so fast, there was no stopping what he could do to Caleb because he knew things Caleb didn't. He didn't know how to defend it. There was no hope for Caleb, even though Caleb gave it his all because he just hadn't experienced enough how to defend this level of technical grappling this kid had. And it reminded me, I wrestled when I was in school. I was no good. I was a chunky kid. I got in wrestling, and it changed my life. And even though I never really did great at wrestling, it changed my life. And that's why I put my boys in it. And it's not about winning or losing, but it reminded me of this match I had once in Kansas City. Lee Summit, Missouri. Anybody heard of it? <laughs> Everybody. That's good. I remember I was 15 years old. First year wrestling. And this kid, it reminded me when I saw this kid dominating Caleb, I, my mind went right to this Owen Bratton, I think, was his name. Well, it turns out he was, a, he was so good that there was nothing I could do. I knew he was going to take me down. I couldn't stop him. There was nothing I could do. So you know what I did? I kept creeping to the border of the, of the ring, and I'd, I'd, I'd crawl out of bounds every time 
he took me down because there was nothing else I could do. I couldn't stop it. I knew it was coming. I knew how to defend it, but I still couldn't stop him. There's just sometimes it's not happening and there's no other choice but to get out of bounds. I tried sprawling. Yeah, that's what they teach you. I tried, you know, he sprawl, front headlock, spin around the back, take his back, you know, get his arm, ankle, flatten him out, get the half nails. You know, it doesn't work when he's, he's just, he was on another level. Well, it turned out he was the second place in the state that year at 160 pounds. I thought, wow, no wonder I got my butt kicked so badly. He's good. I was, I was fresh meat to this guy. But all I could do was crawl out of bounds. Literally, I would do it here, I'd probably hurt something. He'd take me down and then I would stretch my feet. I'm dead serious. Three times I did this get it across the line and the ref would out of bounds like thank you god it was so bad my coach just sat there there's no chance there's nothing i could say to you boy he had always sold me out to the teammate i'm like man what what's up by the third time i couldn't crawl out of bounds he pinned me match was over and i thought wow i was helpless i had no option i had i had no option to defend i didn't know what to do and sometimes the only option is to go across a boundary of unfamiliarity, to get out of bounds. Because when you hit rock bottom, you will do things when there's no other choice. Come on, somebody. When there's no other choice, you will do things that you didn't do before when you had a couple plan B's, plan C. Can I get an amen? You all know what I'm saying. When it's bad enough, you're going to go to drastic measures. You're going to go somewhere you've never gone, gone before. Like, I'm going to, I mean, that was how embarrassing was that? That was a plea for help. I wasn't trying to win. I was trying to survive. It was like a wolf going after the chicken. And I was the chicken clucking around. And he was just, whoo. And I had no other choice. I had to just save myself. Whatever it did, let me cross the line to a new place because I got to get out of bounds. It's my only hope. So believe it or not, this message is about prayer. Prayer. It's not about wrestling. Why would you think such? You see, it's a strange concept to talk to someone you can't see. You sometimes feel like isn't even listening. So why do we do it? Why do we pray? Understanding prayer is essential in opening the door for communication flow. Everybody say flow to and from God. It establishes the unseen and reveals the faithfulness of God to his people. And consider your prayer life today. Where does it stand? It's something I struggle with. I imagine I'm not the only one who struggles. Anybody else struggle with their prayer life in here? It's hard, man. You're telling me to talk to someone I can't see, I feel like doesn't answer me, I feel like straight up just leaves me hanging sometimes? You want me to believe in that? Am I engaging in conversation with God? If we go to the scriptures, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 13, Jesus is illustrating to the apostles how they should pray. He's teaching them the importance of prayer. Verse 5 says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. But surely I say to you, they have the reward. 
And let me pause and say the importance of prayer in church is huge when we congregate together and such. But he's talking about the Pharisees out on the street corner who are trying to put on a show to look intelligent, but their hearts were wrong. That's what Jesus is talking about. And he says they're going to have their reward because that's not what I said to do. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. See, how many know that godly integrity is built in the places that no one else sees? It's just you and God. He knows what you're doing. You know what you're doing. No one else knows. No one else there is there to pat you on the back, tell you good job. No one else is there to tell you if you do that, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be wrong. You're there to make your own decisions and God knows. And when you make decisions there in the, in the sight of God, that's when you grow in your godly character. And when you pray, verse 7, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows. Everybody say, he knows. He knows the things you have need of before you even ask. So why bother? Oh, we're going to get there. In this manner, therefore pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In this manner, therefore, pray in this manner. Here's an example. Here's how you can pray. Here's a good way to do it. This is not a manuscript. This is an example. The title of my sermon today is Prayer Boundaries. I messed with wireless number four, Kelly. I turned it off, and that might have messed you up. Sorry, guys, for that brief technical intermission. When you hear popping, that's a, that's a wireless signal going in and out. It's a mess. Thank you, wireless technology. It's so awesome, though, isn't it? It's wireless. Look, I can touch it. There's no cable. It's so amazing. Back to the sermon here. My faithfulness is rooted in prayer. Why does it matter? Because prayer takes faith. My faithfulness is not rooted in nice, shiny objects. I can see that. It's easy to be faithful in that which you can see, but to be faithful is to believe in that and follow in that which you can't see. It's more than belief. It's taking action in things you can't see. The devils believed. The demons believed in legion. It's belief taking action is faith. And faith is, is taking action in things that you can't see but you believe will come to pass. I will start the race. I don't know what the track looks like, but I'm going to start the race. I know there's a road taking me somewhere, but the storm is so bad I can only see 10 feet, but I'm going to keep driving. That's faith. If we only drove when we knew the end from the beginning, we wouldn't need faith because we could use our brains to discern everything. But we are not our own creators. We have a creator God. So my faithfulness is rooted in prayer. But just to break it down today, why do we pray? Why do we pray? It's a channel of communication with God. We can hear from God through prayer. We can let our cares be known to God through prayer. It's simple. It's a conversation with God, just like I'm having with you. It's not some fancy thing. It can be really simple. In fact, it can be very effective. Just, it's just talking to God. The world has twisted what prayer is 
and how it should look and how it should sound and how it should feel and all these things. And God said, it's not about them. It's about me and you. It's one-on-one. It's a conversation and it's personal. And if we want to draw closer to God, we have to have a relationship with God. And part of a relationship is conversation. I mean, how many marriages in here would last? How many friendships would last if we never talked to each other? Ever. It's not good, right? You start feeling some stress. You start getting into arguments. You start thinking, you're not there for me. Well, that's how it is with God. Well, he says, you haven't talked to me. You're not there for me, God. Where have you been? Well, where have you been? You, you got a voice. Speak. Speak. Seek. And you shall be rewarded for your diligence. But you're not saying anything. I don't need to read your thoughts. I want you to speak to me because I, I demand your faithfulness to me. Because I am God. I am your creator. And I love you. And I know what's best for you. It's a flow. If you want to flow, you got to let it go. You got to pray. You got to open your mouth. You got to praise. If you want it to flow, you got to let it go. I'm not a rapper. I just came up with that off the... Vincent, that's good. That's like, that's good. Two words rhymed. Good. Go pastor. God may know your needs, but he wants to know your need for him. It's not that he doesn't... It said he already knows what you need. He already knows... What's going on? But he wants to know that you know you need him. That's what it's about. That's what the faithfulness is about. He don't need us. We need him. And he wants us to have a relationship with him so he can reveal himself to to us. And it starts with prayer. It starts with communication. No communication, no relationship. You cut off the communication. That's a bad thing. Even if you text God, it's better than, no. You know he texts, right? Jesus is Android, though. He would not be an Apple user, just so you know. He's way too... I can't say that. I can't say that from the pulpit. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. My flesh takes over sometimes. I did have an iPhone once. I sold it and got an Android. Bring all things before the Lord. To quote the wise MC Hammer, we got to pray. Pray, pray, pray. In popcorn pants. We got to pray just to make it today. Who knew such a valid nugget of gold was in popcorn pants? No one. You know, he was a, you know, he was a minister. He was a preacher. See, even in his music, even in his funny shorts or whatever, those, those were like capris before we had capris. He knew the value of prayer, and we have to pray just to make it, and that's a true statement. We got to pray just to make it, and when you got no other choice, you didn't know you even believed in God. You're going to start praying when life is on the line, and there is no choice but to crawl across the boundary line. Well, I didn't know I believed in a God. I thought I was an atheist. Well, yeah, when you know who your creator is, when, it's, when you're about to meet him, you're going to freak out and go, okay, God, I'm, I'm paying attention now because I got no other option, and you start crossing the boundaries of what you're confined to and what you're used to. And some of us do pray, but we're, we're still boundarized. I don't know if that's a word. I did bad in English. I don't know. There's a boundary around what we pray about and how we pray, and it has to be so perfect and pretty. And we're not really crying out for help or saying, God, I need you. We're not used to crossing the boundary and praying for real, like, like give it all. I don't know, God. I don't know. We need to cross the boundary of our faithfulness and test where does this really live? And it starts with Prayer, all prayer is good, by the way. But it's good to stretch our faith and go into a realm of prayer maybe you haven't felt before because God is waiting for you to cross the path so he can show you 
what you've been asking for. We need to pray to make it. We need Jesus. And my faithfulness is rooted in prayer. It's a sign of faith when we pray because we're believing the unseen. We're taking action. We're, we're literally praying at home. We're, we're speaking to someone we can't see. Oh, I can see him, just not like you think. I see him when the wind blows. I see him when my child was born. I see him in all kind of, um, what was a the- theophanies in the Bible. It was a temporary manifestation of God. He was a bush. He was, he was all these things. It was, what was he, a don- he? I don't even remember. He was, some, he, was, he was in the burning fire. He's all over. But there's only one face of God, and that's Jesus. There's only one face of God that, that validates who he was. Jehovah saves. Jesus, Greek for Yeshua, Hebrew. Jehovah saves his people from their sins. That's how we know who God is. But you can feel God and you can see him working all over through the, look at, look at the nature. Look at the wind blow. I can't see it, but I believe in wind. What I see is the result of it. Oh, we're going there in the next few weeks. It's going to get windy. It's got to get windy because we got to bring the scriptures in the scripture leading up to the resurrection. Well, it's the book of Acts. So we're going to go there. We're going to talk about it in the relevance of the wind. The relevance of the things you can't see is where God is taking action the most. He wants you to lean on him in prayer is an opportunity to put your trust in your creator, not to be behind the music, VH1, whatever, rock and roll, Jeopardy, Cameron, but lean on me when you're not strong. I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. That's God, man. I don't know the rest. Lean on Jesus when you're not strong. And I'll be your friend. I'll make you whole again. What else can we do? I'll make you new. I'll forget all that stuff that you won't let go of. Because I said I love you. I don't care about it no more. You are new, my friend. Lean on me. I'll be your rock. I could just keep going. This is what my kids do at home. We just go back and forth with Alexa. (laughs) Instead of like, I don't know, what normal people do. That's what we do. (laughs) Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, prayer, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Why do we pray? Because we need to let our requests be made known to God when we're feeling anxious. Let your requests be, know, be made known to God because he will calm your storm. He will seize the waves. Why are you scared? I'm just sleeping on this boat. Seas, be still, wind, be still, waves. Walk on the water, Peter, I got you. Let your cares be known with thanksgiving because it's a joyful feeling when you realize he's really there. Like, oh man, thank you, God. I forgot. I thought you left me for a second. He's like, no, I'm really here with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known. That's why we pray. God wants you to lean on him. Prayer brings us closer to God. And when we get closer, that closeness brings understanding, wisdom, and revelation. We can't understand the character of someone we're so far apart from. We have to get close to him to understand the things we've been trying to understand, but we won't get close enough to understand it. It's a choice. It starts with prayer. That's why prayer is more than just rub-a-dub-dub. Yo, Jesus, thanks for the grub. It's more than that. That's why. 
Because this is, this is an intimate relationship with the Lord, and prayer is how it's woven, stranded together. That's why we do it. It's an opportunity to seek his will. My dad always says, squeaky wheel gets the oil. Anybody ever heard that? Squeaky wheel gets the oil. Or he'd say, squeaky, he has a deep voice, squeaky wheel gets the oil. I was a kid. And it sounded so corny. I'm like, what are you talking about, a squeaky wheel? Well, my whole life, guess what? I say, squeaky wheel gets the oil. If I want God to help me, squeaky wheel gets the oil. Let him know. If I want this, let him know. If I don't, if I don't like the shirt they're wearing because, because it's the same color as mine that day, if I don't like that Vincent makes me look bad in his orange suits, then I'm going to say, Vincent, I can't pull that off. Could you not wear that? I'm just kidding. Squeaky wheel gets the oil. Just kidding. What, what did you say this morning? You said, without this jacket, it just, what do you call it? It shouts at you? He said, you said, you let the jacket off. It just turns up the volume, that orange. Boom. It's like the light of God off the mountain. Transfiguration. <laughs> I love it. I seriously couldn't pull it off, though. So God bless you, Vince. So that's why we pray. And that's why squeaky wheel gets the oil. Because God says, speak up. Come on. Speak up. Let me know. Don't complain because you said I wasn't there when you never talked to me. I have feelings. This is my son who I'm well pleased. That's emotion. That's feeling. God has feelings. God got angry. God has feelings like us. We were made in his image. If we feel it, he can feel it. So that's why we pray. So we, we know why, but what do we pray? What do we pray? We got a lot of different backgrounds in here, and we've been taught what prayer is differently. But to simplify the matter, what do we pray? In verse 9, Jesus himself says, in this manner, he didn't say, say this every time. In this manner, do it like this. This is kind of how I would advise you to do it because this is effective. In this manner, how do we pray? However we want. What do we say? Whatever we want. It's your free time to talk to God however you want. And some people speak real King James-ish. I'm not one of them because I, I'm, I'm just not good like that. My prayers are real short and simple. And some people speak long and, and, and more fluid. And, and everybody prays different and it's all good. Doesn't mean your prayer is not sufficient when it's just simple, when it's clear. And it doesn't mean this prayer is not sufficient when it's different than yours. It's all good. It's all about bringing our requests be known to God. However we do it, as long as it's from the heart. That's what matters. That's the difference between what he was talking about on the Pharisees and not is, was it from the heart? Or was it for show? Or was it for this? Or was it to validate our own convictions? Or was it us really just wanting to talk to God? And that's really what he desires. To talk to God. So what do we pray? Jesus had them pray that prayer as a way to learn in this manner. It was an example of how you can communicate with God. What are we allowed to pray about? Anything you want. I mean, he already knows the scripture says. So it's not like you're going to surprise him when you tell him about it. <laughs> you know, well, God, I just want to confess this. He says, I already know, man. Thank you. That's what I want. Be honest with me and I will reveal to you. You can't hide it from me. I got it. I got you. I know you're hurting. I know, I know your finances are suffering. I know, I know they left you. I know, I know that family member's sick. I know these things. Bring them to me. Bring them to me. Whatever you got, I want to hear it from you. Anything. Anything. When my kids were born, <laughs> this is going to be funny. 
Michelle Pryor. Like, Why'd you say that? And, um, we taught our kids, you know, how to pray. And what we taught them to pray when they were born is not what I want them to pray the rest of their life is uh, in this manner. So you know how it, how it goes when you're a little kid. I never knew the whole now I lay me thing. I only remembered the beginning as a kid. So as, as a man, I only taught them the beginning because I had never knew the rest of the thing. So I said, you know, so Chloe, we started with Chloe, then we had Caleb, then we had Colton, Taz. Then we had uh, uh, Kaylee, Tazette. And uh, we say, you say, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And that's all I remember from that part. So we, we do, we still do it. They still do it. And they're just now getting more like, okay, okay, she's eight. I said, go ahead, you can, you can speak what's on your heart too. We want you to speak what's on your heart, Chloe. So she, at dinner, speak, speak what you're thankful for today. It doesn't have to just be what we taught you. In this manner, come up what's in your heart. Let, let us know, let God know. So we say, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. God bless mommy, daddy, Grammy, Papa, KK, Colton, Kaylee, Chloe, and everybody else. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Power in the blood. Jesus' name, amen. Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones. And we, sometimes we go fast. Sometimes we make it a rap. Sometimes we make it a ballad. We've sang it so many times, we've got to change it up. We'll be like, Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. Like we mix it up and, and we try to mess each other up. And it's just gotten crazy because we've done it for like eight years. So it's starting to get a little predictable, Brendan. And so I had to think, it's in this manner. So I said, okay, God, let's start, let's start praying for what, what you think. And so the God, you know, thank you for letting my baby dolls be in heaven and all these things. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, that's when your heart, that's good. That's good. You know, and the, the, things, the things they say are so cute because <laughs> it's like so serious to them. You know, like their stuffed animals being in heaven. I do pray about that too. My stuffed animals be in heaven. But the point is we taught them how to pray so that when they were old enough, they would learn to pray out of their heart on their own without mommy and daddy. In this manner, therefore, pray. That's what you pray out of your heart to God. And my faithfulness is rooted in prayer. So if I want to be growing, I want to be seeing God move, I want to see, thing, see things manifest in my life, I need to be active in my prayer life. Because greater is that which is unseen than that which is seen. It's a spiritual visual when you pray versus a physical one. And prayer comes from the heart, not our memory. God wants your heart. He doesn't need your repetitions. He wants your heart. God wants to hear what's on your heart through prayer. And everybody prays different, but any type of communication directly with God is good. It's one-on-one. It's personal. My relationship with Jesus is personal. I don't know about you all, but I got in this season for most of my life where I thought prayer was at bedtime. Says who? What about at lunchtime? What about in the car? What about when they dumped you? What about when you start your day and you're thankful for your work and, 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 and you think you're going to run out of work? Debbie, I know the feeling. I know what that feels like. Oh, there's been times. All right, God. Uh, if, you, if I don't get some work, uh, things aren't, things aren't going to keep moving. Okay, God, I believe. I've seen him do it before. I'm faithful. It's any time. Now, I pray at bedtime. I actually struggle with bedtime. You know why? Because I, I start to fall asleep, if you really want to know. I'll, I'll just pass out praying. I don't even know what I said. I pray actually more effectively in the morning when I get up for work. I work out of my house. I go to my office, and I get on my hands and knees, actually. And I'm just more, I'm more thankful and more alert 
We pray with the kids. We pray over our meals. You can pray anytime you want. I've prayed in the car many times. Man, we get some cool messages from church members or, or someone, someone, you know, does something kind or, or just any type of victory. I pray right then, man. I give thanks because I feel God moving. Jen, Jen gave us a call. Jen got a house. Jen's moving back to the area. Let's give God some praise. Jen's moving back to the area. Jen and Aaron. And I was like, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for touching Jen. Thank you for giving their home. And thank you for getting her shorter to commute to church. She's been driving from Farmington. You probably didn't know that. For how, six months? Eight months? Six months. That's faithfulness. I, I just got to be honest. I couldn't do it. I'd be like, I like y'all, but I'll see y'all online. <laughs> so that changed me. I thought, man, what kind of faith is that? That she would give everything to drive an hour to church for one seed. It's awesome. And God says, I got you. It's not forever. It's temporary. Here you come back. And she's a root in this church. And God knows it. And God brought her closer because of the stress I'm sure it was causing. And now she can be more effective in her walk with God as well. So we're so thankful. But those little things we pray about, we celebrate. It's prayer, it's celebration, it's worship, it's giving thanks, it's bringing our cares before God. It's everything. It's anything we want to converse with God about. And it's exciting to share with God because he brought it. He brought the victory. So that's why we do it. And at bedtime's good too. You sleep on it, it goes through your mind. It's a good thing to go to bed to, is prayer. So we know why. We know what. So the, the, the funny question is, who are we praying to? Well, God. Yeah? Who's God? Colossians 2.9. For in him, referring to Jesus, dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. What that means is the Father in creation, the Son in redemption, and the Spirit of God in regeneration are terms to represent the fullness and essence of who God is. And there's only one face that represents that. It's Jesus Christ. You know why? Oh, there's more. John 14, 9 says, Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long? He's talking to Philip. Have I, been, I mean, this is, I'm going to add the tone here. I think maybe this is how he said it. Have I been with you so long? And yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? He's saying, I'm him. I'm him. When you have that revelation that the Christ was the fullness of God himself coming to redeem man, it'll blow your mind. It'll blow your mind. That's why his name is Jesus, Jehovah. Jehovah is Yahweh, God of the Old Testament, the creator of the heavens and earth, the Father. Jehovah saves his people. Your name is your identity. Jehovah came in the form of a man and we beheld his glory. We knew him not. And we hung him on a tree and killed him because we thought he didn't look like the lion when really we thought he was a lamb, but he was the lion in the lamb. There's no greater love than to lay down your own life for a friend. Not your neighbor's life. That's who Jesus is. Jesus is the name above all names because he encapsulates the fullness of who God is. He gives it, 
He makes God a proper noun now. He's not just this thing. God is not just this thing. We are praying to the Lord God, Jesus Christ. He is the only name God has that validates the fullness of God, which is what the scriptures said. And when you have seen me, Jesus says, you have seen the Father. When you have seen me, because God is a spirit and he has no face. He's a spirit. He don't have hands. Well, Jesus will sit on the right hand of God. God don't have hands. It's a figure of speech. It's talking about a point of authority. The plan of redemption, the point of authority next to the, the plan of creation. See, people get tripped up in the literals and they apply it in our own, our own realm of thinking. But it's really simple. God is a spirit and he came to redeem his people in the form of flesh. And he hung on the cross so we didn't have to. And they named him Jesus because he shall save his people from their sins. Said the angel to Joseph and Mary. It's powerful. Acts 4.12 Nor is there salvation in any other. Any other. For there is no other name. No other name. Everybody said no other. Name given under heaven. Given among men by which we must be saved. We must be saved, saved by no other name. There is no other name that can save us. Jesus that's why we pray in the name of Jesus. That's why you hear me say, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. It's because it's the authority. It's the stamp of who we are communicating to, who we are letting our requests be made known to. It's Jesus Christ, the fullness of God in all he is wrapped up in a Savior. It's the only name of God we know. It's the only face of God we know. And it reveals who he was Jehovah saves my faithfulness is rooted in prayer and I know why to pray and I know what to pray and I know who I'm praying to we pray in Jesus name in scripture in Jesus name and they were baptized in the name of Jesus we baptized in the name of Jesus by water immersion because they baptized in the name of Jesus to make clean they cleanse by baptism by water. They cleanse in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. In the name of Jesus, be healed. May your eyes see. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And there was countless other times, but if the world, if everything had been written down that Jesus did, the world can contain all the books. Remember the last verse of John. It does, it just keep going. Everything they did in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Cross the boundary of expectation in your prayer and in your life and enter into the realm of the unknown and see God do the impossible. I know they said it's impossible, but with all things, it's possible through God. But with God, all things are possible. When I pray for the impossible, the impossible can happen. And the world may limit what God can do, but God wants to show you what he can do. That'll never work, says the devil. I know what you did, says the devil. I'm going to tell your friends to, to tell you this, and that's, that what you think is silly, and, and the devil will use people. And sometimes it's your own foolishness. I mean, you know, I like to blame the devil too, but sometimes it's just us doubting God. Well, the devil made me do it. Well, maybe you just did it because your faith is saying within the, the boundaries of the ring, you got to cross out of the ring because you haven't hit that, that spot yet where you, you don't have anything else to call on. To feel that. And when you feel that, your faith will be lifted. Jesus wants to live in you, shine through you, and be the only one you call on.
God never intended for a mediator to be between you and him. That's what Christ did, is he broke the veil. He created a new covenant, contract, agreement, signed right here in the blood. Now you can come right to me. You don't need the tabernacle. You don't need the priesthood. You don't need all that because I am the one who loves you, not them. Come to me, son. Come to me, daughter. Come to me, child. You are my child, and I want to hear about it. Let it be known to me because I want to help you, and I already know about it. Let it be known to me. Let it be known through your prayer. If y'all could stand with me as we close this morning. God is good. The anointing is strong in here this morning. I feel the presence of God. He's just waiting on us to get out of bounds for a minute. To step out on the water like Peter. It's not comfortable. Yeah. Do you want to change? You got to step out of bounds. If you don't want to change, then it's good. But if you're wondering why I don't see the fruits of what I asked God for, he says, come across the boundary of prayer. When you cross the boundary of prayer, I'm going to cross the boundary of your life and show you the difference between what the world says can't happen and I'm going to show you can happen. Don't you remember I raised Lazarus? I can do it. I can do what the world says I can't do. Be encouraged this week when you're praying and you think God is not listening. He's listening. Give him credit for all things. Speak to him about your needs. Pray over all things. Pray with your kids. I'm not saying you got to go to Breadco and yell out loud and freak everybody out. And then, Lord! I'm not saying that. If that's your thing, go for it. But you might not, you know, they might not have a lot of friends. People not, not want to, they get a little, you know. Uh, I'm just saying. Sometimes me and Michelle are like, we got to pray. Okay, Lord, thank you for this food. In Jesus' name, amen. That's, a, that's like in a hurry. That's like a fast food prayer. We'll be driving. I got to keep my eye out when I open. Lord, thank you for the food. I'm crashing car praying. No, I'm just messing around. But if you're not used to praying, start, start. It's simple. Find a spot in your house. Find a spot in your house by yourself. Five minutes. Five minutes is good. Turn on some worship music lightly. It, it, it gets your focus is what it does. It drowns out the distraction because when you're distracted it's hard to talk to anybody when someone's you know so so that's what that's what the chaos and stress of the world does is it distracts you from focusing so when you go to prayer you don't even know what you're saying because you're so thinking about what they did in the on the freeway on the way home so the worship music's good it helps that's why we worship before the sermon we, we're trying to bring our mind into one place in one accord so we can focus on god's will in our life that day but man just just give thanks if you don't know anything else give thanks something else if you don't have anything to say sing the, sing the song Sing the words in your prayer. You'd be shocked. You start praying. Other things will start coming out. You don't know what to start with. Start singing the worship song like that. Like, the Lord is in this place. Come Holy Spirit. It's, 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 it, we didn't write it, but it's, it's doing something. And as we do that, more enters the mind. And then all of a sudden we have something to talk to God about that we didn't realize because our focus is there. So I encourage that if that's new to you. Pray over all things. Pray with your kids, man. Pray with your kids. It's never too late 
to pray with your kids. And if they're too old and they're not having it, pray for your kids. And, and you know, be an example and show them that you pray over your meals. They don't think it's cool because, you know, they're a teenager or whatever or they're growing up. Well, they don't think a lot of things are cool, but what do they know? They're a teenager. So, so we're going we're gonna to show them what's cool. We're going to show them that it matters. We're going to be that light to them and show them that this, this is what God wants for them. And when they see you do it, they're going to follow. Let your prayers be what's in your heart. And God will answer. You want to see God more clearly? Bring it to him in prayer. Ask him. Reveal yourself to me, Lord. I hear all this stuff, but I don't feel nothing, God. And you said you said you have, you have things for all of us. It's for all of us. Your will is for all of us. You're not partial to me because of how I look, because of how much money I make, because of the type of house I live in. You're not partial to me. Reveal yourself to me, God. He says, come pray with me. Come pray to me. And I will. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If we can bow our heads right now as we pray to exit today's sermon. And as we bow our heads, I'm going to challenge you to take a step of faith today. Just no one's looking. Just lift a hand if you, if you feel led to and say, God, I need to know you more. I need to know you better. I need to cross the boundary, God. I need to cross into an element of life that I have yet to explore. And tomorrow's no guarantee. So God, I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of being, being worried about what people are gonna think. And I just wanna know you better, God. Reveal yourself to me. Show me your ways. Help me understand, God. Help me achieve your will by seeking you diligently, God. Help me focus on day by day, the steps each day, not, not looking 10 years down the, head, head, uh, down the road. Let me, let me think clearly now, God, and just remember to pray and give thanks and to, to be an example and to think, what would you do in these situations? How can I be more like you, God? Let me stay close to your word. Let your word root up in me that I might sing your praises, God. Be honest this week. Help us give thanks in all. And if everybody can say, in Jesus' name, amen.